Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon, the 20th of June. We are one day away from the summer solstice, which is the official first day of summer. That is tomorrow. Hey, Dad, you had that marked on your calendar, didn't you? The, uh, the summer solstice? Always have the summer solstice on the calendar because that Friday will be Avid Reader Day on sixpackspeak.com where we celebrate the Avid Reader. And uh, it's always done the weekend of the summer solstice, so you can have a potential three-day weekend for that national holiday. Uh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. Glad to be with you. <laughs> you were not expecting River. that answer. I, I was not. <laughs> Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. And in truth, I missed the first part of what you said because Borky cut your mic off and was talking into my ear so that I couldn't hear all of what you said. I'm sure it was wonderful, though. Yeah, uh, yeah Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book, the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. That's uh, Ceasefire. Learn more at ceasefire.com. Let's start things out today with a guest. Good friend of the show, Cole Kublik, joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. And Cole did a uh, a video. Uh, If you follow Cole on Twitter or Instagram, you can see some of these breakdown videos that he does um, sometimes in conjunction with uh, with his podcast, in addition to his radio show, where he isolates specific teams. And Cole, you you did one. Um, sent me the link uh, a couple of weeks ago on Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team going into twenty twenty three. By the way, thanks for your time. Always good to visit. Uh, g- give me a high level thought that you have about this Ole Miss team as you kind of look at what you think they're going to have, knowing that the roster may still change a bit between now. And the start of the year. Well, I think a couple of those questions were answered when you go back and you study Trey Harris, wide receiver from La Tech, and you see obviously uh, maybe maybe the best receiver available in the in the in the transfer portal from UTSA that were both brought in. That to me, Richard answered a lot of the questions of because I think a lot of times we get caught up in what happens annually. Who's gone from last year? Are they coming back this year? 
But in certain instances, we have seen certain people at certain positions over time actually be more problematic. I think if you look at Ohio State and cornerback, you look at Alabama defensive line, over time they're just not able to restock, and then two, three years down the road it catches up a little bit more. I mean, Ole Miss has had great receivers for multiple seasons now, and you just wonder, are they going to be able to keep plugging in the next guy that can be able to make plays? And they went out and got two really good ones there. So that answers a lot of questions. Uh, I think you look now at Michael Trigg at tight end and Priest Corner coming in from Memphis, what that's going to allow them to be formationally from a movement standpoint pre-snap, and then maybe even adding some physicality up front. And I, I think if that old Miss offensive line takes a step and is probably better than a lot of people believe that they are, this offense has a chance to be pretty special. Because um, I'm a fan of the quarterback. Uh, you know I'm a fan of the running back. I think he's the best returning running back in college football. And if some of those pieces around those guys are, are capable and more than capable, then that offense could be pretty special. But I think where most people are really missing the boat on, on this group is up front on defense. I, I, have, I really do believe, Richard, that with what's been added, not only a defensive coordinator but through the portal, specifically up front in the middle of that defense, with guys like Joshua Harris, that they, they're going to be very different than what maybe they've ever been. And, and I trust me, I played against Kendrick Clancy. I know how good he was. Yeah. I know how good Kendichi was. You know, you've had guys like Benito Jones come through. But collectively, it seems like there's always been a spot or two that's been a little bit down and you're missing somebody. And they may actually have real depth there with guys who can strike and shed, guys who can two-gap, guys who can take on blocks legitimately and not give up those big rushing lanes. And imagine if that just takes a – a little bit of a step, and that rush defense goes, you know, 15, 18 spots up in the national rankings, what that would mean for that team in general, how it would protect the back end of the defense, not having to play guys down near the box, how the offense might not have to be as aggressive all the time and then put the defense in bad situations if it didn't work out. I just think that could make a massive difference if it plays out and they've got a very bright defensive mind that's going to be leading them. And now they may have more capable bodies than they've had in quite some time on that side of the football, on the interior of that defensive line. All right, Cole, so we saw a linebacker in the SEC emerge last year as a true freshman that turned into an all-SEC player in Harold Perkins. But that's kind of rare, kind of unique for a true freshman to step in and be as much of a game-changer as he was. When you think about that position in particular, and I'm obviously referring to Centarian Perkins, the, the five-star linebacker from, from Raleigh, Mississippi, who is going to be asked to do a lot. Now, I don't know if he's going to be asked to do a lot in week one or week three, but at some point he's going to be asked to do a lot because Ole Miss has kind of struggled at the linebacker position, or at least at depth at that position. Have you looked at any of what he did in high school or, or kind of what people think of him in terms of translating to the next level? Can he make that transition? Yeah, I think physically I have no doubt. And it's one of the things that I often question, Richard, is how coaches truly evaluate. Because I know you've looked at some of the same stuff I have. You know, we see high school kids and you don't know exactly who they're going up against, how capable they are. And, you know, things can look very different than, than what you may believe when you're just watching it once or twice. But the size and the speed combination, the athleticism is absolutely going to be there. Now, where Pete Golding decides to play him, I think, will tell us a lot about just what he's able to maintain mentally. This is a complicated defense, make no mistake. And Pete Golding is one of the very few guys that I can sit down and talk football with and – 
almost get completely lost. Like he can go down some X's and O rabbit holes, and and I've I've had to stop him before. Like, can can on, I tell man, you I'm how not... much better that makes me feel? So so Chris Doring and I did the spring <laughs> game, and so so we met with Pete Golding on Friday afternoon, and Saturday we were on the field. And I said, Hey, can I be honest with you about something? And he's like, Sure, what? I was like. About half of what Pete Golding said yesterday, I had no idea what he was talking about. And and CD looked at me, he's like, man, there was some stuff where I had to really stop and think about what he was saying and make it make sense as well. I mean, it's like a master's or Ph.D. level defensive mind. He is, he is high, high football IQ. Um, I mean, to the, to the nth degree. And trust me, Tom Hart and I have had a couple of those meetings where we've walked out and Tom's like, did you get any of that? I was like, yeah, I, I had him up until the last few sentences, and I, I wasn't 100% sure. And then, God forbid, I pull out a certain play and show it to him. And, I mean, he, he can go for 45 minutes on one play. But I love it. I love talking. He's one of my favorite people, favorite human beings to actually talk ball with because he is so intense and so passionate about it. He's a fun guy when it comes to that. So that, that would be a difficult portion of it. Somebody that young that does not have that kind of experience at that level of football, and now you're going to implement a very complicated defense. But there are ways to get around that. There are ways to utilize guys on the backside of your defense. There are ways to utilize guys in more pressure situations. I mean, you, can, you can find ways to make things a little bit easier. Um, but that, that will be something that will be very difficult to overcome for, for anybody. It doesn't matter your, your level of skill, your level of athleticism. In that defense, the mental portion is what's going to be the most difficult part to maintain and grasp early on. Hey, I'm going to ask you about something. I promise I'll never ask you about it again. Frankly, I'm sick of it. But when you come on, we, as you can guess, get text messages about the Arkansas game. And I know you're weary of that. You've addressed it on Twitter. Would you in 30 seconds say something to Ole Miss fans to to kind of put that to bed forever and we can never, ever mention it again? Um, if you could guarantee me that it'll never be mentioned again, I'd be happy to spend. Well, it, it won't from it won't from me to you on this show. I promise you that. All right, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll say this. Um, number one, the the type of broadcast that we did. If anybody didn't like that and and thought that that was something that they're not a fan of moving forward, I'm 100 percent okay with that. We tried something different. Uh, we tried to change it up a little bit. Tried to do something a little bit out of the norm. And some folks didn't like it. Uh, if that's the case, I have no problem with it. I'm cool with that. Uh, there were some portions of it looking back that we probably should have done a little bit different, and I, I'm fine with that criticism. Um, if you want to go back and watch it again, though, uh, there are certain player names that I'm consistently accused of mentioning inside that game that never came out of my mouth. Uh, I made no mention of any player leaving with any coach. I made no guarantees that a coach was going to another school. And if anything, go back and listen to it. And, and do your due diligence, I went out of my way to lay out the reasons that it would be a good idea for Lane Kiffin to stay at Ole Miss. And you can, I know people are shaking their head and saying, oh, he's full of it, and there's no way, I know what I heard. Go back and listen. I challenge anybody. I've, I've said it from the beginning, Richard. You've heard me say it. If you can go find a clip of me saying something about an individual player leaving with Lane Kiffin, or if you can find an individual clip that says that I think that he's leaving or why he should leave, I'll gladly post it on my social media for everybody to see because they're not out there. I, I didn't do it. If you want to have a conversation with somebody else, that's fine. But those are, those are what a lot of people have thrown at me. 
and yeah. they just flat out didn't happen. That's the only thing that I know to say about it. Uh, if you didn't right. like the way we did the game, that's cool because it's probably not going to happen again. Um, you know, giving up 700 yards probably had something to do with that. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we tried something that didn't work, and you know, we'll move on. Thanks for your time, Cole. Thanks, Richard. Here we go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Good conversation with Cole Kubelik to start things off on this Tuesday afternoon. And now we're just going to jump right into some football news because there is stuff that is happening today on the recruiting trail. It's been a busy two or three weeks in the Magnolia State, both in Starkville and in Oxford. Yesterday we talked a little bit about some news from over the weekend at Ole Miss on the recruiting front. Today... Things are happening on the recruiting front in Starkville. So, hey, Dad, let's start. Let's do this chronologically. Um, earlier today, there was a commitment. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. We got we got Zach Arnett tweeting gifts of himself where he's fired up on the sideline. We got Paul Jones with the little boy twiddling his thumbs, waiting on news to come, gifts that are floating around. Um, so... Uh, let, let's start with uh, the first commitment of the day. What do we got? Uh, four-star defensive back P.J. Woodland out of Oak Grove High School uh, had, was up here yesterday with his family, talked to the coaches, and, and went ahead and made his commitment public uh, this morning. Uh, Pick State over LSU. That was the other school that was really in the uh, the mix for him. Uh, so that was the first commitment around 9.30, 10 a.m. today. What is State's history with Pine Belt recruiting? Um, I mean, it's a mixed I, I, bag. Yeah, obviously Oak Grove is you know put out some some really good players through the years. Yeah. Petals put out some really good players through the years, and we, we've seen those guys go a lot of different places. Some to Ole Miss, some out of state, some to Mississippi State. I was just trying to remember. Yeah, there's one or two in particular yeah. that really I feel pop. like I feel like the Pine Belt is an area where everybody can get players like. State can go in there. Ole Miss can go in there. USM obviously gets a lot of players from that area. LSU has gone in there in the past. Auburn has gone in there. Auburn has gotten a couple kids out of Wayne County in the past. Uh, so, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of one or two guys off the top of my head, but State has been able to go in there in the past couple of years. Oak Grove has become a place where State can go in and, and get players pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, obviously, John Rice Plumley was at Oak Grove. Ole Miss had... Yeah, big success right, yeah. with some kids out of Bassfield. Um, I, I'm completely. I can. I can see him. He was a center at Pedal. He was a four year starter at J- Ole Miss. Javon Patterson. Sorry, thank you. I, I just could not. I knew the first name started with J. I couldn't come up with Javon Patterson's name. Uh, obviously, yeah. that was a huge get for Ole Miss out of uh, out of Pedal High course, School. Of course, uh, Jarrell Poe was from Wayne County, so yeah, that's another one. When Gary Pack from down there too. Oh, I, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for that. I, I'm pretty I sure he's a Pine Belt kid. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's a big one, right? The defensive back, four-star defensive back. You beat LSU. And then this one, you told me definitively yesterday that this recruitment was going to last for a while. No, no decisions were going to be made for a while. 
uh, with this guy. So be sure to go to Brian Haydad, at Brian Haydad, for all of your accurate recruiting news. In fairness to Haydad, commitments are, are only as strong. Yeah, as you know. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you the for, for the low, low price of nothing, I will give you that that amount of worth from my recruiting takes. I promise you. Uh, five minutes ago, a quote tweet from J.J. Harrell. Who does he quote tweet? Hayes Fawcett, of course, the guy that makes the fancy graphics uh, and and always writes the, uh, the the statements that include that being said dot dot dot. JJ um, <laughs> Harrell with the quote tweet of his graphic from Hayes Fawcett, Starkville, I'm home. Big time wide receiver was committed to Tennessee. Um, decommitted or backed off of that, reopened his recruitment. However it is that we describe guys that commit to a place and then say, no, I'm not going to go there after all, or at least for now I'm not going to go there. Uh, I, I'm willing I like to talk the term to abandonment. You know, they, he abandoned, abandoned, he abandoned his commitment. Yeah, yes. He abandoned Tennessee. He disemboweled his commitment. <laughs> I thought that's a bit much. Ripped I don't think anything was lost. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ah. All right. So, uh, J.J. Harrell. Got a Sardis, Mississippi. Yeah, to- and yeah. highly you know that recruited. Uh, yeah, just down the road yeah. from uh, from where I sit right now. Um, yeah. Ole Miss. North Panola LSU, High School. LSU. Yeah. Alabama. Mississippi State. Everybody committed to, uh, to Tennessee, obviously. It's a big gift mm-hmm. for the Bulldogs. Especially when you talk about receivers. I mean, Mississippi State, it's been no secret that recruiting receivers in the state has not gone their way. You know, just a couple years ago, a kid from Starkville decided he didn't want to play at Mississippi State and went on to become a star at Ole Miss. Who is that? State is just not. uh, A.J. Brown is that young man's name. He was here in Starkville last weekend, I think. He was here uh, running his uh, his annual. He does a a football camp. He does it one year in Starkville, then the next year in Oxford, which I think is. You're gonna. This may surprise you. I think that's actually really cool that yeah, he does it, is. it that way. It is. Um, but Harrell's a guy that you know Mississippi State. Mississippi State had targeted. They wanted to get him in the boat. He's the top receiver in the state. Uh, it's been a pretty good battle between State and Ole Miss, but State was able to to get it done. This was one that you know I thought when I said I thought it was going to go down to uh, the last day. I thought Borky and I might have to have another source off on that one hmm. because I was just. State people were pretty confident he was going to state. Ole Miss people were confident he was going to Ole Miss. But now he's at, he's committed to Mississippi State. Obviously, a long way to go uh, before we wait, get to December. Uh, but that's you talk about Harold. I had no idea where he was going. Not even the slightest I, I, clue. I, I, I was saying if we got closer to December, he you might have, you might have, have might have got a little oh, more okay. confident. Yeah, I, was, I had yeah. no if idea. We got to December. We might have we might have had to source off there, but so we'll see. That that's so that guy he's in the boat now. I am told. But, but hold on, hold on, hold that thought. I got, I, got, I got a follow up question right. on that. All right. Okay. And you this asked me feels, about Harold yesterday. Yeah, no, I, I know I did. Chad Bumpus comes back and joins the staff at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. This feels like, and, and I think he was the lead recruiter. He and Darcel McMath were both mm-hmm. involved in the recruiting, but I think Chad was the leader on this. This feels like one of those where a guy from Mississippi that played at Mississippi State. Recruited a kid from Mississippi to Mississippi State, and you're like, that. That's why he's on this staff. That is 100 percent accurate. This, if if State is able to get the receiving targets that they have, 
this year into the boat that will be on Chad Bumpus. And he that was why he was brought back to Mississippi State to to help Mississippi State recruit Mississippi kids, particularly these skill position guys, and to show them that that, that you know Mississippi State is a place where you can do things like that. So yes, Chad Bumpus deserves a ton of credit for recruiting J.J. Harrell and, and some other potential targets as well. I, 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 this is not about Ole Miss. This is like all of this stuff is, is interconnected. The two highest-profile players, for different reasons, and we're not to signing day. I'll put those two caveats on there. But the two highest-profile players out of North Panola High School in the last four years have both mm-hmm. gone places other than Ole Miss, which is 35 miles from the high school. Obviously, K.J. Jefferson is the quarterback at Arkansas. The, the staff in place at the time I don't think was as interested in K.J. Jefferson and kind of the way they saw him fitting. I, I think that's probably a missed evaluation. Not, not that Ole Miss has had bad quarterback play. Ole Miss has had really good quarterback play. Matt Corral was the quarterback when K.J. Jefferson was being recruited, and they kind of believed where that position was headed. But given what he's done... And the fact that Matt Corral's been gone for a couple of years, I think that's a bit of a missed evaluation. They should have recruited and, him harder there. And now J.J. Harrell, also obviously a guy they wanted. And, and Jefferson would state, obviously, state at the time, Garrett Schrader was Joe Moorhead's hand-picked guy. Yeah. I, think they, I think they're the missed same Missed evaluation class. for state as well. So, yeah, missed evaluation when, when you get right down to it. You know, Schrader looked like he could have been the guy, but when Moorhead left, he left and... You sure. go for, and, and, I, and I don't know how K.J. Jefferson would have done in an air raid system, to be totally honest with you as well. So, I mean, it's probably best for K.J. Jefferson that he ended up where he did. He's thrived there. He's been a star, and he's been a really, really good player. But now, Harold, yeah, you know, North Panola, you know, South Panola has always been the place where Ole Miss has gotten players out of. And the state's had some success there in more recent years. North Panola has just been, you know, not not as as I don't know what the right word to use, but no, Ole Miss has not had as no, much success. Yeah, but but the truth is, until the last maybe ten years, they haven't ago, had players. North Panola was terrible. They've been yeah, really they good yeah. as a football program, and in terms of get, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that within Panola County. Um, but the bottom line is, they have been a better program that has produced some D one players in the last decade. Whereas prior to that, it was. I mean, I played at North Panola my senior year of high school, and we were above average to good, but not great. I mean, we were a playoff team, but that was it. Terrible facility, terrible program. You know, they have changed a lot of that, to their credit, with an emphasis on being better at football and good coaching and good players in recent years. So, I think that's part of the reason that that's changed as well. All right, hey Dad says there may be one more on the way. He'll tell you who he thinks that is when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Yeah, you will. Yes, you will. No, I won't. There's no, no reason won't. for you to hold out. Why would you not say who you think is going to commit when we come back? Why we'll wouldn't see. you? You want somebody else to say we'll it instead? You say it when we come back. Sports Talk Perhaps. Mississippi. Broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. 
some people, air quotes, some people search their names on Twitter. Not their, like, ats or their mentions. Like, they actually search their name on Twitter. Yeah, the head football coach at Auburn. I, I, I just, I just say some people. Just saying so, Sorry. You guys uh, just saying some throat. people. Auburn is not yeah. the team. 100 teams in 100 days on the countdown today. We'll get to them when it's their time. I just hope for his own mental well-being that Carl Ravitch is not someone who searches his own name on Twitter. I still had a, a search <laughs> column up on TweetDeck because I was looking for the clip from the other day, the uh, walk-off, not a walk-off call. And uh, mm-hmm. I just was kind of scrolling through some of the mentions of the name Carl Ravitch. Whew. Not pretty. Not pretty. Speaking of the College World Series, it's happening right now. An elimination game in Omaha. A sparse crowd on a Tuesday afternoon. Oral Roberts and TCU. TCU leading at 6-1. to one. There was a the really Oral Omaha run is coming to an end. Feels like it is. Unless there's some magic late in this ballgame, uh, Oral Roberts' season may be coming to an end. But you know what? Oral Roberts looked like they belong. Yeah, they did. They absolutely yeah. looked like they belong. Um, so we'll get back to that last night because that was a heck of a game last night between LSU and, uh, and Wake Forest. But first, so defensive back out of Oak Grove earlier today. J.J. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. That's why I called him a defensive back. P.J. Woodland. P.J. Woodland, defensive back out of Oak Grove. Commits Wait, to Mississippi Woodland State earlier from today. Oak Grove? Nice. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and then J.J. Harrell out of North Panola High School, wide receiver, commits a little while ago, and Brian Haydad intimated that he thinks that uh, there could be more good news coming for Mississippi State in perhaps a matter of minutes, maybe hours, maybe days, I don't know. Uh, who, who are we talking yeah. about? What good news do you think is on the way? You want me to take this kid's announcement away from him is what you're telling me. I No, I, I didn't ask you to announce a commitment. I said, who do you think I mean, is going to commit later today? I'm iffy on this, but I'll do it. I, I, I believe Starkville wide receiver. I've just said his happen, name too late. Too I late. I didn't just hear it. Nobody it. else heard it because I was talking over you. If it doesn't happen, it's okay. But you That's think not what there I'm is more about. good news on the way. Yes, I do. I believe <laughs> that there is more good news on the way. Look. All right, so I talked over it. Who did you say it was? Yeah. I believe Starkville wide receiver Stonka Burnside will be committing to Mississippi State in the, the very near future. That is a name, man. Stonka. Great name. Great. It's his nickname. It's his nickname. It's not his, okay. his, it's not his real name. Man, it, it, look, you, you didn't take a thing in the world away from that kid. We've been talking about him for weeks, and so have lots of other people. If it happens, we'll see. That's also uh, – is that what you were talking about yesterday when you said you thought two wide receivers, it would be these two, J.J. Harrell and Stonka Burnside, or was it Stonka Burnside and somebody else? Mm-hmm. It was these two. Okay. These are the two that State has had targeted and, and wanted to get committed. Did you believe yesterday when we were talking about this that it might happen today? No, absolutely okay. not. So you I thought Stalka might happen. <laughs> Correct. What, what, what did we say the other day? Could we be wrong? Yes. Am I lying? No. 
Very well. So, Stonka was one I thought might commit before the, the football season started, before we got into the start of the football season. Uh, I, I really did genuinely believe J.J. Harrell was going to be a guy who went all the way down to the wire. Um, I thought that State was the favorite. I felt good about State's chances there, but I thought he would just keep it open and, and take his visits and go from there. So we'll see what happens. All right. So, I mean, look, let's just keep it rolling with Mississippi State for a second because you're talking about players and coming and, well, we've been talking about coming. Well, what about going? Switching sports from football to baseball, I mean, there on multiple message boards and on Twitter and everything, there are people that are talking about Dakota Jordan's future. What's I'm I'm having trouble making a whole lot of sense out of that one, and, and there could be a million reasons why any player chooses to leave and go somewhere else. Anything that makes sense to you that would potentially cause Dakota Jordan to choose to leave and go somewhere else? Um, you know, from a baseball perspective, no, not really. That doesn't make a lot of sense to to to, to want to leave, especially when we're talking about the school that he's rumored to go be going to is Georgia, and that is not a, a, a you know. If you told me he's leaving for LSU, for Tennessee, for Vanderbilt, all right, I see it, I get it. But Georgia, I, mean, I don't get. Ole Miss would make more sense than Georgia. It would. It absolutely would. Um, but it appears there are some. I, I don't want to say off the field because that makes it sound like it's 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 something that Jordan has done that he, he's being punished. That's not the case at all. But there are things beyond uh, nil. There are things beyond playing time that have Jordan leaning towards going into the portal and leaving Mississippi State. Yeah. That's a, and think, about as clear as I can make it without going that's fine. going into an area I shouldn't. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that's I think that's completely fair. Um and and can, can we underline and bold face and highlight there has not been an announcement. Right. We 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 don't know that that's happening, but it's something that is being talked about in a lot of places by a lot of people. And you're talking about a freshman All-SEC player who hits absolute tank bombs. I mean, we're, let's, if we're being really honest, we're talking about a future first-round pick, I think. If he continues to develop, yeah, I, I completely agree yeah. with that because all of the tools are there. There's a big arm. There's hit for power. What, what did he hit this year, average-wise? I'd have to go back and look. It was over 300, though. Okay. I mean, I was trying to like do the five tool thing in my head. I mean, is is it legitimate five tool? I don't know. He can fly. Yeah. He's got tons of power. I don't, I don't know about the arm. I don't remember seeing a, a big throw, but I mean, he's a competent defender. Defender. So, I was thinking, who am I thinking about? Who would I be thinking about in the outfield then? I mean, Clark and Ledbetter. Neither one of those guys are just overly. None of those guys are Hunter Renfro out there. Who among us is? That's true, brother. That was a cannon. It still That's is. You talking about yeah, it was? Yeah, what well, was is all of the above. Orky, do you ever find yourself when when you see one of those highlights, and, and we've seen a few. There were a few guys in the SEC this year, just a few guys. Period. This year that fell into that category where you see an elite arm in the outfield, yeah, and. 
it, it's it's almost so rare, but you see it on highlights enough that you're like, oh, but when you get one of those guys, it changes. Andrew Pinkney in right field for Alabama changes the game. Yeah. I know we're talking about elite guys, but I, it kind of drives me nuts that if you have a runner on second, a single scores him every single time in college baseball. Like, how often to, to, do you... To center field or right field, yeah. How often do you see the throw get to the plate? How often do you even see them let the ball get to the plate? Like, they, they either cut it off or don't even try. And that drives me nuts about college baseball. Runner on second should not score easily 100% of the time. And it feels like they do. And what was it yesterday in the... Um, I mean, obviously, you're talking about a different situation, but Mal Yahuna tries to score from third on a ball to left field yesterday Yeah. in Tennessee's win against... Who did they play yesterday? They played Stanford. Yep. And the Stanford left fielder just hosed him. Yeah. Doesn't happen much. No. I mean, Wyatt Langford's got a pretty big arm out in center field for Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but, I mean, elite arms are special. They really are. And speaking of baseball and elite arms, uh, Wake Forest has them. My gosh. And and that that lunatic. Who, oh, gosh. What was his name? I, I had it pulled up. Uh, what, what was it? Minasi, the the guy that w- there was like twitching oh, the on. The- yes, he's he's a psycho, and I mean this complimentary. He's just he's out of his mind. Like how In many the best re- possible way? Yeah, like how many Red Bulls did he drink before he took them out? I mean, he like twitched in, and he's like before he pitches, like he's got his glove in his hand, and he throws the ball ball up, and he like bounces it off the top of his hand and catches it. I mean, the the dude could not do anything slowly. And then just gunned LSU down for an inning in two-thirds. For what? Like his 14th save of the year yeah, or something like that? He's been really good this year for, he's a freak. Uh, for Wake Forest. Uh, I saw an interesting note. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or a message board or where, but uh, somebody commenting on Tennessee fans said, you know, for a, for a fan base that invented baseball in 2022, there have been shockingly few Tennessee fans in Omaha for the College World well, Series. Well, remember Outkick said that... Um, ESPN should send them flowers and thank them for making college baseball relevant. So yeah, well, maybe maybe they've just made it relevant for other people. I just remember all the outrage for the lack of tickets in Hattiesburg from Tennessee fans. It doesn't appear that they really need many more than they got. Just kind of thinking out loud here. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's big. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Busy first hour today on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. A reminder, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. 
You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. If you need help, like I do, with the spelling of apparel, it's two P's at the beginning. Two P's, one L. A-P-P-A-R-E-L. I don't know why. That's just one of those words that has always tripped me up a bit. Genteelapparel.com. Hey, Deb, you good on the spelling of apparel? I think I'm okay. I, I have my, everybody has their words that they have problems with. You were going to say something snooty like, of all the words for Richard not to be able to spell, I, am I surprised. thought apparel was one of them, weren't you? I, I'm, I'm surprised that apparel trips you up. I'll be, I'll be totally honest. Our relationship with Genteel has helped me with the spelling of that word. I have looked at it so many times. Um, summer is here, and the resort collection is available from Genteel Apparel. They got great deals on swimming trunks, um, some really good-looking golf shirts. If short sleeve, button down kind of sports shirts are your thing, they've uh, they've got those as well, and uh, some really good looking stuff on the website genteelapparel.com. You can also find Genteel at men's specialty stores across the state of Mississippi, including. The uh, Willander in Brandon, Mile 363 in Natchez, T. Sappington and Company in New Albany, Abrahams in Cleveland, Claude Julians in Kosciuszko, MLM in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, The Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven, and Oxbow in Memphis. Genteelapparel.com, great-looking stuff. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Right now you order online. Any order of over $150 will receive free shipping. Did you see? This is not sports. Sorry, I'm bringing not sports to the table. But uh, you know, Meghan Markle and Harry, you know, disbanded their royal titles or whatever and moved to America, and then tried to sue people for saying mean things about them because they forgot they lived in America, and you're allowed to do that here. Anyway, they, they want privacy. <laughs> South Park nailed that. But anyway, nailed them. They they had a deal with Spotify for like $20 million to make a few podcast episodes. And that deal has been severed because uh I guess they are too busy doing whatever that they do outside to do of the Los work Angeles to earn the $20 million. Yeah, I guess they're too busy for it. But here's the thing, the episodes uh, we've they learned thanks to Bill Simmons who sold the the Ringer podcast network to Spotify. And a producer on the podcast confirmed this on social media. She didn't even do some of the interviews of the podcast that she actually did. Like, the ones that actually got published. And again, didn't publish enough of them. Of the ones that got published, some of the interviews were conducted by the producers. And they would record her asking questions later and would edit them in so it sounded like she was the one doing the interview when the producers were doing the interview. Borky, why would you tell Richard about this? Now we'll never get him on the show. <laughs> hmm. I mean... He's going to be taking every day off. You guys just ask the questions and I'll I'll just uh, figure something else out. We'll dub me in. I don't like Bill Simmons, but he's right, man. What a, like, what a grift that was! Unbelievable that people feels put like up. Richard that. always asks the same questions. You know, he does. Does he interviews different guys? It's always like, "How are you doing? What do you think about Mississippi State? What do you think about Ole Miss? That's interesting. Talk about <laughs> it's the same. Talk about talk about what you expect to see from the offense. <laughs> Jackson Dart, what do you think? Yeah. 
could like pre-record these questions, and then you guys could ask the questions and like uh, just get a soundboard. Yeah. 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 Oh, that that's perfect. Just you put my picture across on board. Yeah. And then like you you get a guest on it, be like, thanks for joining us. Like like soundboard fi- hot button number one. Thanks for joining us on C- the Spire Farm Bureau guest line. line. Farm Bureau guest line. Just. Yes. Somebody texts in like, I'm a lip reader and Richard is not saying what he is saying. Hmm. $20 million. To do how many? How many was the original deal for? Oh, I think, what was it? Hey, Dad, 10 or something? I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. They couldn't even do 10 podcasts. I do five a week. Where's my 20 million, Spotify? Call me. Mm. I'll talk to celebrities, I'll get to the bottom of their lives. I feel like there's a lot of celebrities whose lives we don't need to get to the bottom of. No, you're right about that. Including Meghan and Harry. I went to the bookstore. I was looking they for Phil Steele uh, over the weekend. I went to the bookstore, and there's Harry, Prince Harry's face all over the rack at the bookstore. And I thought, who is buying? Obviously, there's a market for it, I guess. But who is buying that? Who wants to read a, a, a he wants autobiography or a memoir written by somebody else that he signed off on? Who wants to read that? Genuine question. What is mm-hmm. America's fascination with the British monarchy? Is it just that we, we want to go back? One? We want to go back. King George said, you'll be back. Soon he was see. right. You'll remember you belong to me. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Tuesday afternoon. If you happen to be just getting off work for the day, congratulations. You made it. Now you get to uh, enjoy four hours and 45 minutes of daylight. Guys, this is the best. I mean, it's it, it's 845 before it's getting dark right now. So cool. Like, I went, I mean, hey, Dad, we make jokes about light and grills and backyards and all those things. I went. I had to stop by and grab charcoal, hamburger meat, onions and mushrooms, a couple other things at the store on the way home last night. So it was 6.30, 6.35 when I got home, lit the grill when I got home, gave it 45 minutes, an hour. I don't think I put any food on until 7.30. Burgers are off the grill at 8, enough light to eat outside, and then light to spare right. afterward. It was awesome. Fantastic. Tell me more Love about why we should we change to. the time when we get to November, you schmucks. I have I have only ever agreed with Tommy Tuberville once in my life, and that was when he was like, we should propose a national law to make daylight savings constant. We don't ever get Didn't change. that get shut down by old Nance with her dueling $40,000 refrigerators? Did, didn't she shoot that down? Because I, I thought there was like a bill that got through and then Pelosi wouldn't bring it up or something weird. I don't know. I mean, Tuberville's a senator, and that's a congresswoman. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's it or not. But if if so, damn her! I don't like that. I, I want 
I want light later in the day. Everybody does. Nobody doesn't want it. Yeah. Like I can handle it being dark. I had to go double negative there. The mornings. That's all right. I'm not mad at you for that. Yeah. You gotta know the rules before you can break the rules. Once you know them, pull you out like, the license. You like you. you like to wake up early, so you want to you want to have some light out while you're running your errands or whatever it is you do at six in the morning when you're up. Me? You? <sighs> I don't mind it being dark in the morning for a while mm. longer. Much rather have yeah. light longer in the evening than dark early in the morning. It's fantastic. Just, yeah. just great. We've gotten into the so you you walk. That's been part of your routine as of late. And generally speaking, you walk in the mornings, right? Yes. Maybe not always as early as you did today. Uh, I've been I've been usually wrapping up before our call. Okay. So, last week, I was kind of stirring around, waking up, I don't know, it was 6.15, 6.30, something like that, and James was like, hey, you want to go for a walk? Which is not an uncommon question for you, for her, and normally I'd be like, eh. or she goes and does a workout, something on her own, but I was like, sure. And so, because I was so agreeable to it, she has... Uh, decided that that should be a more frequent question in the mornings. And this morning, I sound asleep about 6.15, and um, she goes, Hey, you awake? <laughs> well, I wasn't. <laughs> you want to go for a walk? <laughs> but I did. It's good. You feel better after you do it. I did get uh, one dissenting opinion on the um, the later daylight. It's like, uh, no to daylight savings time. It's better for turkey hunting before work. You get that daylight a little bit earlier? You can turkey hunt in the grocery store. They got them right there. Hey! Pick one out. The chase is not not quite as... uh, um, I'll tell you what. Let me know where you want to show up, and I'll I'll chase you around the store. And we can (laughs) just do it that way. I'm not going to tell you who this message came from. Because that's a really funny Somebody prospect. Somebody more athletic than me? That is a really funny <laughs> prospect, given who that, uh, from that message McAllister, came from. Probably. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Really easy to get a tee time. All you got to do is go online to dancingrabbitgolf.com or give them a call. Talk to them about your needs. Maybe you got a, a guy's trip or a couple's trip that's coming up. They've got great accommodations for you. A lot of different options available that can turn it into uh, to an entire package where it's golf and stay and meals and all of that stuff if you just call them and talk to them about what you want to do. Dancingrabbitgolf.com. Uh, Dancing Rabbit, part of Pearl River Resort. Uh, so tomorrow is uh, kind of a big day in the Cross household. Um, you moving again? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm glad Hayden I thought that was funny. Although, I mean, you know. If, <laughs> that is funny. That's, I didn't think it was funny. It is funny. Yeah. If, um... If you uh, if you want to buy the house, make an offer. I mean, I guess I could be persuaded, brother. No, <laughs> uh, I, I could be persuaded. I, I did. Uh, I did tell somebody. It was like, 
It'd have to be a really good offer because my understanding is divorces are expensive. Uh, I think that's probably the way it would go if it was like, hey, uh, I sold the house. <laughs> really? Okay. I hope you can find a good place to live without us. So, uh, no, probably not that. No, um, there is a uh, there is a new dog coming to Casa de Cross tomorrow. Uh, Obi's getting a dog. We uh, we actually have to make a, a trip early in the morning to um, Michael Borky's neck of the woods to uh, to pick him up, and the lady that has him has kind of given him a name. Not like a, this is a formal birth certificate name type thing, but she's been calling him Mister Man. She's like, I don't know why. It's just like kind of just started. Hey, Mister Man, come here, and it just is kind of stuck. And so I sent her a message today because he, he's not like eight weeks old, 12 weeks old puppy. He's about five months old. Sweet looking dog. And so I sent her a message today. I was like, how do you think Mr. Man would respond to a name change if Obi wanted to call him something else? Is he too far along in training, age, name recognition to do that? And she said he will answer to anything that Obi calls him with a heart emoji. So this is... This lady, she deals with dogs all the time. I just wanted to be sure. It's like, I don't want to like start calling him something and him be like, who's that? So, with that said, we'll talk about that tonight. Obi may decide that he likes Mr. Man as a name just fine, or he may want to come up with something else. If I were to bring some ideas to the table, to uh, what, what would what would what would you name the dog? It's a boy. He's a what boy. Kind of dog, what kind of dog is it? Uh, it is a a golden doodle. Okay, okay. Because you know you got to give certain. You, know, you can't name him Butch. It's not a good name for a golden doodle. If it's a pit bull, sure. Well, although, uh, although I did, Abe Montgomery and I were talking about this. You guys remember talking? She like three years ago at Christmas, she got a, a cavapoo, which is a Cavalier King Charles poodle mix. Little little dog. He's cute. Whatever. Yeah. And I thought a great name for him. Would be pork chop. Not a good name for a cavapoo. And she was like, "No, no, absolutely." The irony not. is good there, though. And she ended up naming him Coco, which is not exactly a manly name for a boy dog. Um, but she told me today, she's like, "Dad, I kind of, I kind of wish we had uh, we had called him pork chop." I was like, "Wouldn't it have been ironic?" <laughs> She's like, yeah, great. but anyway, so we didn't. You so, know, it's a pretty strong name, and mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about naming animals after athletes, but Judge, you're a Yankees guy. Judge is a pretty good name. Judge, strong name. Yeah. You know, Obi killed a deer a couple of years ago. We talked about that on the show, and because it yeah. was his first deer, we got it mounted. It hangs above his bed, a pretty eight point. And uh, once we hung it up on his wall, I was like, hey, does it... Um, does it, uh, do you need to name him? And it was shortly after the College World Series when we picked him up. He's like, I think Elko. So he's got a deer head mount, which I thought that was a pretty good name. Be a good dog name. Yeah, it's a good name. Um, but he didn't, uh, we didn't go that way. So, um, we do have some suggestions coming in on the ceasefire text line. The first one was Fred. I actually don't hate that. Fred um, is a great dog name. Somebody said, could you, um, you could go with the name that he has and call him Mr. Manning. Okay. 
Or Manny. It's just a cool name. Manny. Manny. Uh, David in Oxford suggested Pierre. Oh. Uh, we got a suggestion for Ralph. Ralph is an outstanding dog name. Um, our buddy Ryan Griffin at Pearl River Resort tells me that Clyde is a good dog name. Clyde? Very strong. Very strong, Ryan. Very strong. Herschel suggests Jazzy. Eh. Herschel, I appreciate the interaction. I think that's the first one I'm going to toss out and be like, eh, I don't know. Dan and Hattiesburg suggest Doug. Mike in Oxford suggests we should go with Borky. Such a bad name. <laughs> Here, Borky. Uh, See, you would just like to be able to do that, Richard. Pirate. Got another uh, suggestion for Stonewall. Said dogs need to be named after generals. Stonewall. Yeah. Roscoe. Roscoe's a good dog name. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. suggestions a lot there was a curly joe there was a reb a rebel a colonel reb in there a louis or is that louis max they said always wanted a dog named bonsai juice eh, it seems a little unoriginal uh, teddy taken dart i'm not real big on let's name it after old miss related people um, Deuce is a good one, though. Deuce is a good dog name. Yes, that, that was a suggestion. Somebody yeah. suggested Gooder. Gooder? Gooder? It was G-O-O-D-E-R. I'm assuming that has to be Gooder. Um, no, Forrest? no, don't name him that. Marshall? Bubba? Lugnut? Bubba's a good name. <laughs> Murray? My dad got a dog from South Louisiana and he named it Boudin. Okay. That's a good that's a good dog name. What if we called him Sausage? No, don't don't, don't call him that. That's Ollie or Oliver? Chairman. Hmm. Uh, it says somebody you wants to, you to go the. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Now, somebody said you do need to name the dog something that starts with an M. This will ensure a smooth transition to his new name. It's easier for him to recognize that you are addressing him. Yeah, I thought about that. That actually makes pretty good sense. Somebody said go the Roscoe Colt P. Coltrane route and uh, name him Flash. But if you do that, you got to call him Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Flash. Was that a Yankee fan? Get them what? Dukes today. 
what greater way would there be to honor him by naming Lou Gehrig? I also had a buddy that said um, if it wasn't your brother-in-law's name, Jake would be a good name. I think that was in honor of Jake Gibbs, perhaps. All right, so here's John well, Oxford's Vance. greatest hero. I'm about to say. Oxford's greatest hero, Jake Mangum. Yeah, I don't think that's the uh, Jake he was talking about. So John Advance suggested Goose or Maverick, which is interesting because both of my kids have mentioned Maverick. Although that, I do think Borky has a dog that's named Maverick. Yeah, my guy's Maverick. Well, then name him Goose. They can be friends. You can name him Maverick and then call him Mav. Big on shortening names also. Always wanted to name but my Maverick dog Maverick is a Dave. great dog name. Dave is good. Maverick um, is handsome, too. I mean, look at that guy. There you go. If you're watching it's a good-looking dog. Sports Talk Mississippi dog. video feed at Sports Talk or uh, Super Talk TV. He, he's great up since then. That was all the way back in, oh, this is going to depress me, back in 2016. So he is so, He's going to be eight so, soon. Here's where we go. Instead, instead of Goose, because you two are kind of rivals. You kind of like to pick at each other. Name your dog Iceman. And it's got man in it. That's right. I am dangerous. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll run through a couple more of these, and then we'll we'll move on to something else. It's Although backwards, this... though, because Borky's the blonde. Uh, JP and Gula says uh, his last three dogs are Deuce, Deacon, and Thor. Good dog names. Yeah. Charlie suggested Borky or Barky. Guess we could go with four K. <laughs> well, what is it with Barky? Uh, says if this is anything like my daughter's dog, you're going to name him something, but you'll be calling him something that you can't mention him on the radio. Mention on the radio. Uh, mm. <laughs> Borky. I'm buying about Borky another dog and naming him that and sending it to him. Uh, our bulldog is named Crystal Ellis. Wonder what that could be for. Yeah. Have Rue as a suggestion. Spud. Spud's Scrummy a great dog. dog name. <laughs> Debbie in Ocean Springs says you didn't like Colonel Reb. I just you know that's that's from a time gone. Couldn't by. bring him to the stadium. Um. My wife just sent me a message that says, we just cut you on. So I, I guess I should clue my kids into what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know that they've gotten the uh, the message that the uh, the lady who is um, the dog's mother, I guess, she's, she's the breeder, suggested that if we wanted to change his name that she has been calling him, Mr. Man, we could. That would not be an issue. And so... Obi, if you're listening, we have thrown out uh, some suggestions from people on the uh, on the air, and have gotten a lot of suggestions for people that uh, have ideas for dog names. Cash is one. Oh, that fits. You know, mm. <laughs> fits your lifestyle. <laughs> there have been a, th- uh, a few that we have thrown out. What is that name him Bear? Rip? No, Bear's not. Bear's Rip. not bad. How about this? So, uh, We're not in uh, Alabama. Bird in Houston says dogs only hear the first syllable of their name, so keep it short. Okay. Scooter. I don't know about that because I've, I've tried Mav on Maverick, and he he responds to Maverick. And if I 
If you just want one syllable, just call him bruh. All right, so if I wanted to go, if if Obi wanted to go on a spin off of Maverick, but not call a copy Michael Borky, we could go with Pete. See? Captain Pete Mitchell. That That's how Maverick got his name. There you go. So I, I found out about it. He, he, Maverick was, uh, I think, eight months old or seven months old. Um, and a friend told me about this dog that they saw that was being kept outside in a kennel on a cement slab just with a little fence around it uh, full time. I'm just fully outside dog. And a tornado came through the area. It was outside of Hattiesburg. And a tornado came through the area, and I sent him a text. I was like, Does, was that dog outside the whole time? He said, yes. So I drove down and knocked on the people's front door and said, "If look, if that's going to be his life, I'll take him. I'll, I'll take it. And not only did they say yes, they handed me his papers, like full purebred Britney Spaniels, what he is, that they got for their grandkids and didn't train it or anything, and they locked it up outside because he chewed some lines underneath their golf cart in their garage. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. Um, but his name was Pete. That's what they named him. But he oh. didn't he didn't know his name. So Lieutenant Pete Mitchell of Top Gun. Top Gun's my favorite movie. I changed his name to Maverick. That's pretty good. It's a good story, Porky. By the way, it's not Greg and, if, if Greg Obi and wants to name the, the dog Maverick, that's an awesome name. Name the dog Maverick. That's a pretty good dog name. Uh, Greg and Jackson says, wasn't the little rascal's dog named Petey? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, mm, portal? <laughs> Topical. You keep losing him. They said name him Hitch. Right. You name him Portal, he'll be at the neighbor's house in a week. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Sports Talk Mississippi. By the way, the uh, the first dog that I ever had was a black lab, and and I was racking my brain trying to uh, figure out what to come up with. Borky, you will appreciate this. I named him Zep. Nice. For black dog. Kind of felt like that, it fit. That, that's perfect. There you go. So, that's good. Anyway. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thank you for all the interaction on the Ceasefire text line. If uh, you don't have that number and you want to be part of the conversation, join us at 601-879-4395. But not just that. Give your business the edge with Gigabit Fiber Internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. Check them out. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. So in the first hour of the show, we started talking a little bit about the uh, the baseball game last night between LSU and Wake Forest. I think it's a game that merits a little bit more conversation because it was pitched really well. Wake Forest um, probably missed some opportunities, didn't play their best game defensively. LSU undoubtedly missed an opportunity. In the uh, in the game, or maybe a couple of opportunities, especially what was it in the sixth inning where there were four walks by Wake Forest and LSU only got what was it a run out of it, or maybe Wake Forest got out of it without any damage. Uh, so there were some missed opportunities uh, along the way uh, for both teams in that ball game, but it was a really well played game. Big crowd, big crowd there uh, last night 
at uh, at Charles Schwab Field. Great environment. And that was the matchup that people wanted to see, right? The, the two teams that were ranked number one the entire season facing off in the College World Series. Let's talk a little bit more about it and what it means for LSU, the fact that they lost that game as they face Tennessee coming up tonight. We will do that. We will also get to 100 teams in 100 days when we come back. Mississippi. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Big pitch coming up in the College World Series. Full count. TCU leading 6-1 to one over Oral Roberts. So why would it be a big pitch? Well, the bases are loaded with two out. A walk here. And then your one swing of the bat from tying the game. Or there's a called strike three on the outside corner and Oral Roberts College World Series comes to an end. Okay, well, that was anticlimactic. Um, if you watched last night or if you followed along on Twitter during the LSU-Wake Forest game, if your name was Ben McDonald... You had a little bit of an issue with the strike zone. It was tight in that game last night for Wake Forest, or in the game between LSU and Wake Forest. I think Ben McDonald said something about, man, tough time to be a pitcher. you got to throw it you know, into a hat. Here, here's the problem that I've got with that. Strike zone's been tight all season long, right? We, we've seen it all year long. It's part of the reason that home runs have been up. It's part of the reason that offense has been so good is pitchers have been forced to throw strikes all season long. And that was the case last night until it wasn't. There were some pitches in the 8th and ninth inning last night that were off the plate. By the way, the called third strike to end that game just now between Oral Roberts and TCU in an elimination game was six inches off the outside corner, and it was just called strike three. The issue that I have is tight strike zone, fine. As long as it's that way for the whole game. You cannot call the game one way and then get this pearl of wisdom from Eduardo Perez. Well, that one was too close to take with two strikes. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Eduardo. Was the pitch a ball or was it a strike? Now, what was it called? Because that is an adage that is as old as the game of baseball, right? Don't take anything close on on, with two strikes. You don't want to leave it in the hands of the umpire. And I agree with that. Like, in principle, I agree with that. You don't want to leave it in the hands of the umpire. But if you go an entire college baseball season with a tight strike zone, and you go an entire game where you've got a tight strike zone. And then you get to the 8th and ninth inning, and all of a sudden you expand that zone, not up and down, but off the outside and the inside corners. Now you got a problem. How can you say to a hitter, well, you got to swing at it if it's close, when you've told them for the entire game, this pitch is not a strike, it's a ball. I don't understand 
how you can do that. And then the only commentary is, well, that one's too close to take with two strikes. So, so why are you blaming the hitter in that scenario for taking a pitch that is too close to take with two strikes when it's clearly off the plate instead of saying about the umpire, man, that's, that's tough. That hasn't been a strike for the first seven and a half innings of this game or the first eight innings of this game. Players have become conditioned to the strike zone of the home plate umpire, and then when he changes the zone in the ninth, that is unfair to the hitters. But nobody's going to say that. right? Nobody's going to say that about the home plate umpire on a national broadcast on ESPN in the College World Series. It's still, That's a problem. It is. And it's not like that would cost you your job either. I mean, it's just it, you're supposed to be an analyst, right? Well, then analyze. But I don't know how people can watch that last night and think robot umps is a bad idea. Well, then just call the game better. Clearly they can't do it. You think they're not trying to? I mean, major league umpires, the best that that yeah. the, the, the best that they can find there's there's this effort now to like grade after every game major league umpires where they mm-hmm. will they will chart every pitch and the success rates and the fail rates and how many strikes they called balls and vice versa. And those guys screw up. The good games, guys screw up. And so when you're talking about games, how many pitches are thrown in a baseball game? A few hundred. 250 on average, probably. And so... Between 250 and 300. Let's call it 250. If you call 240 pitches accurate, that's a really good night. But then what if those 10 are with the bases loaded and two out in a 3-2 count? What if that's one of the 10? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so so we, I say we, baseball purists just, we can't not have this human element in baseball. You can't take that away. Why would you not want to use technology to improve the accuracy of the product and let the players win the game? Last night was a perfect example. Now, luckily, it kind of felt like the better team won last night. At least it, that's... How I feel, I think Wake Forest is the best team in the country. But how can you watch that and think this is the best that that can be done, or we can't take this out of the game? Because I promise you, that guy behind the plate did not want to be bad, but he was bad. Don't don't you? I mean, that, that's like in football, not having out of bounds lines. Yeah. You just have an idea of where you think it is, and this ref thinks it's here, and this ref thinks it's here, and therefore, ah, it's not a catch because I thought it was out of bounds. We would never do that. Hey, by the way, this is, this is a really fair question on the ceasefire text line. Would you have said it if you were calling the game? Talking about me. I would not have been as demonstrative as I just was. I have tried not to harp on umpires or officials too much to kind of let the viewer be the judge of that. Um, so that's an entirely fair question. But what I will do on a pitch that is obviously outside or obviously inside or up or down is go, ooh, and I might ask my analyst, where was that? I also think that that is more the job of the analyst 
to make reference to what happened, especially if the analyst is a former pitcher. And Kyle Peterson was on that broadcast last night. Kyle does a great job. And he, he doesn't go after umpires, never, never has, and, and that's not his, his deal. And, you know, when the game ends on a questionable call, you kind of go on to all the things that are coming up. Hey, Dad, by the way, I got a text from a buddy. He goes, in my best Hey, Dad voice, I wish you would be this critical of crappy SEC football officials. <laughs> so It's a movement. So it's 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 we're we're coming together. Yeah. Um, about that game last night, we get a message that says LSU pitching lost the game, not umpiring. They were ahead of both hitters, o two and one two. On the o two pitch, the pitcher hung a curveball over the middle after he had blown two heaters by the batter that were not even fouled off. And then he got too cute. That's from James in Hattiesburg, and you're exactly right. The two big hits for uh, for Wake Forest in the game were a hanging slider. And then another breaking ball that was out over heart, the heart of the plate. Just kind of a cement mixer. Like spinning but not really doing anything. When Thatcher Hurd's fastball was elite last night. It wasn't elite in terms of lighting up the radar the way Paul Skeens does. Thatcher Hurd, who was really good in relief, he was 93-94 with the fastball. But his spin rate's really high, and it stays on plane, and it stays up in the zone. And guys swing and miss a lot on that pitch. And they went away from it. Maybe Wes Johnson just trying to get to Athens. I don't know. That's probably unfair. Um, Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Guys, we get Tennessee and LSU tonight in an elimination game. So one of the two teams from the SEC is going home. Florida on the other side of the bracket, sitting there at 2-0. and They don't play again until tomorrow night. They're one win away from the championship series on that side of the bracket. I'm curious what you think. LSU fired its best two remaining bullets last night. Ty Floyd was really good. Thatcher Hurd was really good. Jay Johnson did what he had to do to try and win that game last night. And that's how you got to coach it. But when asked after the game what he was going to do on the mound tonight, he's like, look, we got nine guys available, and we're going to run one of them out there, and we're going to let him get out so he can't, and then we're going to run the next one out, and we'll just keep the merry-go-round going. That's tough when you know Drew Beam's starting on the other side for Tennessee. Chase Burns, I would not think, would be on the mound tonight at any point for Tennessee. I wouldn't think. Maybe you got to get an out or two in the ninth inning in a one-run game. You feel depending on how he feels. He threw a bunch of pitches yesterday, though six innings and like ninety-three pitches or seventy-three pitches or something. He was efficient, but I wouldn't think you would bring him back. Advantage on the mound tonight. Go ahead. No, I was just saying advantage on the mound tonight to Tennessee. If LSU is winning tonight, that vaunted offense has got to lead the way for LSU. Real quick before we go to break, and we can talk about it when we come back, uh, Robbie Falk now reporting that Dakota Jordan has entered the transfer portal. Mm. That is uh, that is not the news you wanted if you are a Mississippi State fan on this random Tuesday afternoon, the 20th of June. We got a message earlier that says, wow, Richard, talk about all the great recruits from Mississippi State, new pitching coach, everybody feeling good, and then you got to throw cold water on the whole thing to talk about the possibility of Dakota Jordan leaving Mississippi State. Let's talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We'll push 100 teams in 100 days to the 5 o'clock hour. Just 
to South. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. So, um, Robbie Falk of 24 7 Sports and co host of the Thunder and Lightning podcast uh, with uh, Brian Haydad uh, tweeted and has a story at the 24 7 Sports Mississippi State site. Mississippi State freshman Dakota Jordan is entering the transfer portal. So uh, we mentioned that earlier in the show today, that uh, that's something that has been talked about and discussed and rumored and alluded to over the last day or so. Um, I mean, good grief, back during the season when things were not going well for Mississippi State and there were thoughts, the possibility of a coaching change. Brian Haydad even raised that as a possibility back then, back in April, it's like, yeah, what about these young guys? If this thing doesn't go well, do they go to another place? And it appears as if Dakota Jordan is going to do that. Coming off a, uh, a freshman All-SEC season, tremendous year, incredible power, raw athletic ability, and uh, moving on. So, thoughts? Hey, Dad. Well, I'm seeing a lot of people in the text line. They're bringing up NIL. This is not NIL-related, guys. I, I can't stress that enough. Mississippi State, if this was just an NIL thing, Mississippi State would be in position to match or beat any offer unless somebody was going to throw out you know, something stupid. You know, Somebody wants to offer Dakota Jordan $5 million. Yeah, the state would probably tell them just to go ahead and take that deal. But if this is not NIL-related. This is r- related to some goings-on with, with some former teammates, you know, if you want to put some things together, you know, his roommate, his best friend is Slate Alford. Slate Alford is headed to Georgia. And Slate Alford and Dakota Jordan are playing summer league baseball together. They're on the same team as we speak. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. And it, that's what's gotten Dakota Jordan into the portal. Okay. Which leads you to but believe... It is not NIL related. I want. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, because I mean, it it leads you to believe that Dakota Jordan is headed to Georgia. Mm-hmm. That which is, like, that is where he would be favored to go. That that is not a place, and that is not a fan base that has been typically, or at least in the past, invested in baseball. The stadium is very okay, very okay, but it is well below the top-end SEC standards, like not even close. This, fan this, base, this this transfer will not even register with their fans. They, they will be like, who? Is he good? Yeah, be, beyond, sport? He play, oh, he, yeah, be, yeah, beyond the small number of diehard Georgia baseball fans, and there are a few of those. There are a few of those right. at every school. Um, right. No, it's, it's, it's not a big deal there. The, the only thing that I could wonder, at least – I hear what you're saying on the NIL front. Um, 
is if maybe Wes Johnson has gotten some commitment from the university that, you know, we've got a big collective and we will allocate to baseball in a way that we have not previously because there's plenty of money here. You know, whether people think they're donating to that or not, we'll – so I guess there's, we'll there's something in it for him, but that's not the reason that right. he's entering the transfer portal. Correct. Um, Correct. Pretty significant impact for Georgia, you would think. This is a really good addition to that roster. I mean, he and Condon, that's a great one-two punch there, right in the middle of that lineup. That is that is some serious pop in the middle of that order. Yeah. Um, if, if assuming he makes it to Georgia. Yeah. What does it mean for Mississippi State? Well, I mean, it's just another another blow, right? I mean, you thought, okay, they can build around <clears throat> that nucleus of Hines and Jordan and and uh, Highfill and Mershon, and now you're taking one of the big guns out of there, and you've still got a lot of work to do in the portal, and now you got to add this to your list. You got to find some more power. Um, I think it's easier to find power hitters in the in the portal than it is to find power pitchers. So that's good news. They should be able to find a bat. But they still got a long way to go. I mean, I, I'll go on the record right now. I, I don't know that it's going. I don't think this this third year for Lamonis, even with the new pitching coach, is going to mean that Mississippi State is going to be back in postseason baseball next year, because they've got to completely reshape this roster, and I just don't know that they can do it. Yeah. And Jordan leaving does not help them. Jeff and Grenada says, "Just a young kid following his best friend. Not a lot of thought. Hopefully, he can continue to make himself shine." Look, it. Whether Georgia and its fans are committed to baseball or not, it's still an SEC baseball program that won a national championship in 1990 and has been to the College World Series multiple times in the last 20 years and has got a new coach that has been one of the best pitching coaches in the game at any level for the better part of the last decade. And you know, there's some energy there. It's not like if he goes to Georgia, he's going to a bad place. In fact, that's a job that should have been so much better than it has been for a really long time. Is Georgia finally committing? I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Tough loss for Mississippi State. College football fix to start the 5 o'clock hour. Mm, from the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Clock hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Hot outside, looking for something to cool off? How about a day or a weekend at Geyser Falls Water Park? Geyser Falls is part of Pearl River Resort. They've got the slides, they've got the wave pool. They've got the Lazy River. They've got plenty of kids' activities, food, fun for the whole family. That is at Geyser Falls Water Park, part of Pearl River Resort in Choctaw, Mississippi. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us. Excuse me, on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet, 
or the best in business IT services, C Spire has you covered right here in the state of Mississippi. Learn more online at cspire.com. Let's jump right into this 5 o'clock hour with the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. 46 years. Is that a long time? That's how long Ford F-Series has been the best-selling truck in America. You can test drive an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So we're just going to do a little bounce around the SEC on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's start, and we'll just kind of go roundtable on this, with the Florida Gators. So the news out of Florida recently has been pretty good on the recruiting front. Now, Georgia recently flipped former four-star Florida running back commit Chauncey Bowens, and Ole Miss was in the news, but that was for a 2025 commitment in Austin Simmons, the quarterback, so that doesn't really factor into this upcoming class, the 2024 class. But those two aside, Florida has gotten nine commitments in the last week. They have two five-stars out of their 16 overall commitments, and they are now the number three ranked recruiting class in the country, trailing only Michigan and Georgia. LSU is currently the only other SEC team in the top ten. So despite some of the outrage when Ole Miss flipped a quarterback in Austin Simmons, who was two years away from theoretically being on the Florida campus, and message board geniuses had a field day with some of the Florida folks, get rid of Billy Napier, this staff, no, no recruiting chops, no commitment, you know, shell of the program it once was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Billy Napier and his staff kind of lighting the world on fire in the last week or so with a top three recruiting class. I think something that all three of us would agree on is that if Florida is going to get back to a level of prominence, if Florida is going to compete with Tennessee and Georgia and everybody else, in what was formerly the SEC East, but as we go to divisionless football, if they're going to compete in the top third of the SEC, they got to have dudes. They got to have better players than they have had. And the one thing that they haven't done yet is figure out the quarterback position. They had Anthony Richardson. But it really feels like they kind of squandered it didn't what go might well. be a generational athletic talent that NFL teams were in That's... love with. And he didn't do much of anything at Florida. And, and he didn't get better as the year went on either. You know, it's hard to, to fault a, a first-year head coach for a quarterback not reaching his maximum potential. Mm-hmm. But shouldn't he, shouldn't he have gotten better? You would think, but he Throughout also should have gotten better the year before under Dan Mullen and didn't. Should have and didn't. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a player problem because uh, Dan Mullen can develop quarterbacks and make the Dan oh. Mullen gets so much out of his quarterbacks. I mean, he, he does. That's so nice of you to say, Michael. Thank you, very That was really nice. And Billy Napier had much better quarterback play at Louisiana. He did. If he had a couple of his Louisiana quarterbacks at Florida last year, maybe they wouldn't have lost to Vanderbilt. Who was it? Levi. Wasn't that the quarterback? Lewis. Levi Lewis. That's it. Yeah. Really good athlete and 
they made him into a great, great winning college quarterback down there. So we'll see how this thing goes, but this is a step in the right direction for Billy Napier and Florida. But he's got to have some results on the field that go along with this, and that is a really, really difficult schedule for Florida, not just this year. This year's hard enough with a season-opening game at Utah, and then next year is ridiculous. Will he have time to build it? Mm, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Florida fan base not traditionally super-duper patient. Forky, where are we going next? Uh, Let's go to Tennessee. Uh, This cracked me up. Uh, I was looking for news, and mostly recruiting-based. Tennessee's doing very well in the recruiting trail. And then I stumbled upon a column where at the Knoxville, uh, Knoxville News, right? Yeah, Knoxville News Sentinel. Where the columnist asked the question, if the PIF, the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, took an interest in Tennessee football, would you, the Tennessee fan, be okay with it? And he, it wasn't just him, and he wasn't doing like the Christine Brennan moral thing, uh, but some of the, the answers and responses cracked me up because some people were like, no, 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 Vol, Vol players and, and the NIL money should only come from Vol faithful and all that stuff. And I thought to myself, it's easy to say now until the Saudis buy you a recruiting class filled with 25 five-stars. A lot of international students go to universities. There's plenty of them at every university you go to. Maybe one of them went back home and struck it rich, and now he's ready to, to you know, do what you got to oh, no, do. No, but no, but this question was specifically about the the PIF, the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Well, maybe maybe he's involved in it. I don't. We're know. We're talking state sponsored recruiting, know. just not state of Tennessee sponsored recruiting. I I I envision I, this, Borky. I envision one of those guys or gals that wears the orange and white vertically striped overalls. Yeah, you see those at, at games from time to time. I envision him channeling his inner Phil Mickelson and going, those are some scary blankety-blankers. But you know, they can help us win games. Let's give it a shot. I mean, LSU already funneled money through a children's hospital to pay players. I mean, we're already in the moral toilet when it comes to SEC football. Chase and Columbus says sold. I'm definitely okay with it. I love anytime I can bring the Premier League here. Let's do it. So they that fund bought a uh, a soccer team. They mm-hmm. bought Newcastle United. Right. Team that's been up and down, had some history, but never won it, right? Well, two years ago, they almost were relegated. I think they finished 17th. Last year, first full year of ownership by the Saudis, finished fourth. They're going to play in the Champions League next year. <laughs> they are rolling in the right direction. <laughs> It's, it's it's quick. I'm telling you right now, if the Saudis invested in Mississippi State or Ole Miss, Mississippi State or Ole Miss would have the number one recruiting class in the country, no questions asked. Every five-star would be committed to them that they wanted. No, it, would, it wouldn't even be close. And they you, they you could do. get every portal player. Every single yeah. one. Drake May, yeah, oh, yes. five million. Here, Drake, here's 50, because you're, we can. You're getting, you're getting players out of the portal that aren't in the portal. <laughs> so, get in the portal. Uh, all right. I, I hate to be the guy 
that throws any rationality or cold water on this conversation. Who has time for that? There's one problem with this idea, and that is that the PIF, the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, yes, they have plenty of cash, and they are willing to spend that cash, but they are a business, and the idea mm-hmm. behind spending the cash is a return on investment. And it's not a return on investment where, man, I want to stand in the, on the, the, the 50 yard line and celebrate a national championship and say, go big orange. No, no, they, they want to see a return on investment in terms of, we'll figure it out. Cold, we'll figure something out. Give, give them a percentage of all the sales of everything. I don't know. Figure something out. Yeah, okay. You figure, figure out, get enough. some points on something. Yeah, when, when great Gale, text here, by the way. Great text here. I'm only okay with it if Ole Miss does it. If Bama does it, that's just messed up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get it. College I get it. sports in a nutshell are right there. That's yeah. fandom in general. But it, whenever uh, mm. Gail Benson uh, passes, hopefully that is many, 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 many years from now. Borky hopes the Saudis buy the Saints. The, the caveat was that whoever buy she sells em! it to has to keep the team in the city. Has to. That is a requirement. You have to. You, got, you have to like put that in stone. I feel like they would say yes because it's a profitable football team, right? Yeah. They, they make a lot of money. A little crawfish and tabouli? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it, it would be a really tough ask to Can try to get po the boy? Falcons to come play in Riyadh. I mean, that's, that's a tough ask. We'll fly over on the Emirates. It's great. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back with you. Right after this. You see our first class cabin? Talk Mississippi continues. Got a pitching matchup for LSU Tennessee elimination game tonight in Omaha, Charles Schwab Field at the College World Series. Nate Ackenhausen gets the start for LSU, 15th appearance, first start of the year, and uh, he is facing no surprise here, Drew Beam on the mound for the Tennessee Vols. So uh, I think like three and a third, three and two thirds is the longest outing of the year for Ackenhausen for uh, LSU. So we will see how that one goes. I stand by what I said earlier. LSU is going to win that game. It's going to be the uh, the offense that does it tonight. Like Tommy White has a big night. Dylan Cruz has a big night. Gavin, Gavin Dugas gets a hit. Trey Morgan stays hot. You know, Beloso comes up with a timely hit. Joe Bear goes deep. Yeah, that that type of thing. It's going to be wrong. They uh, you know sometimes you have guys that step up in really big situations. We will see. We we will see how that turns out. I got to read this uh, this text from Chase on the ceasefire text line. You mean State gets a twenty five million dollar offensive line, a thirty million dollar defensive line, a twenty million dollar quarterback, and a fifteen million dollar wide receiving core? Get me in a Ramco T shirt and a maroon STC hat, and let's roll. That is from Chase in Columbus. Absolutely. I feel like I should be the liaison for this group here in America. I feel like you know I've got some I've got some connections to the, to the old country. Yeah. Okay. You know. 
When I said, hey, I hate to be the one that throws rationale on this, somebody said, you're always that guy, Richard. You are always that guy. You are a wet blanket. There's no my apologies. My, uh, my, my apologies. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you this afternoon. Let's, uh, let's keep the countdown going. 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Team number 75 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Actually, team number 74. The UCF Knights. (laughs) All the housewives in Madison just turned the radio up. I mean, how long do I let it go? Yeah, I just keep talking over it. Nine o'clock on a Saturday. Richard Cross on the call. John Rice Plumley is leading the Golden Knights. He's going to try to win them all. Okay. Give the man a Grammy. Ah. There's the actual fight song. The Bounce House, UCF's home stadium. UCF making the transition this year to the Big 12. And so instead of Temple and South Florida, Memphis, East Carolina on the schedule, it looks a little bit different this year. Kansas State and Baylor and Oklahoma and West Virginia. Get a familiar face in Cincinnati, another familiar face in Houston. Those two games sandwich Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Price of poker going up for the UCF Knights. Yes, John Rice Plumley is expected to be the quarterback for uh, this team in 2023. I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but he, he played baseball also at uh, yes. UCF. Yes. Last year, last Man year John counts. Rice Plumley. Uh, when you factor in sack yardage, rushed for 861 yards. He actually gained over a thousand yards from scrimmage. Played in 13 games, 11 touchdowns on the ground, averaged five and a half yards a carry. Through the air, he averaged just shy of 200 yards per game, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So, for all of the John Rice Plumley jokes that you guys love to make because you're such haters, I do. I do love actually, to make them. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Haters. Jealous of the guy. Two-sport athlete, musician, got a bunch of hot housewives in the North Jackson area lusting after him. Why would I not why would I not be jealous of this guy? I'm not a hater. <laughs> hey Dad says, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> hate the game. No, it that nobody that's because hey, we got some of that. Nobody hates. Nobody hated the kid. Nobody hates the kid ever. Phenomenal, no, no. Uh, outstanding. It was the discourse around it that was annoying. The 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 stuff with play him over Matt Corral was always so stupid. 
And the reason people wanted him to play over Matt Corral had nothing to do with football. That's where all that's where all of this is coming from, at least no, I, from I me. Actually, I disagree with that part of it. I think it had everything to do with what he did in the LSU game, with people not fully mm-hmm. recognizing what happened in that LSU game, and also what happened right. against Auburn and Texas A and M and Mississippi State. And... I mean, look, he is a special athlete. John Rice Plumley's first start at quarterback as a college football player came at Bryant Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. And you know what he did against Alabama? Ole Miss obviously didn't win that game. It wasn't even close. But he did something that you were not used to seeing. He got to the edge against Alabama's defense, and he was able to turn the corner, which most running backs aren't able to do against that defense. And that's when you knew the, the speed was elite. And then he had the 200-plus-yard the rushing game against LSU that was a three-touchdown game in an LSU defense. That was, it was still a special night. Nobody's questioning the athletic ability. And by the way, John Rice Plumley's a good guy too. He, he I've kind of gotten to know him a little bit. He, he's just he's a good kid. Um although there was that controversy about sign stealing when the the baseball series happened out there in Orlando 2 years ago. I didn't say he wasn't a competitor. Yeah, no problems but, with that. Well, well do what you got to do to win. Yeah, well, the the players had problems with it when you're uh you're hanging well, out and at the hotel or wherever, and again, talking about being don't hate the player, the hate the game. Day. It's just a little look, man. It's 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 simple. Change your signs, which they apparently did, and then they went on to win a national championship. So I guess that worked. Nah, see, it's fine. It all worked out. It all worked out. So John Rice Plumley is a quarterback last year. What do you think? Twenty five hundred eighty six yards through the air, completed sixty three percent of his passes. Not quite a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. 11 rushing touchdowns, 861 on the ground. It's a pretty good season. And I thought his accuracy got better as the season went along. That early in the season, there were some things that, that you saw that you were like, yeah, that, that's why he couldn't play quarterback in the SEC. Because he was not accurate enough, often enough. But I thought he got better as the season went along. And, you know, playing hard was never a question. With John Rice Plumley, that was that was never in doubt. What what can he lead UCF to this year? And, and by the way, they lose a couple of pieces in the in the running game. Isaiah Bowser is is gone, and he was he was a, an important piece. They lose a couple of pieces in the transfer portal uh, on, on defense. Uh, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste being one of them, uh, productive player at UCF for uh, for a number of years. So when you look at this UCF schedule this year and you think about the transition to the Big 12, they open with Kent State. They go to Boise State in Week 2, which is an odd spot. They get Villanova, road game at Kansas State, home game against Baylor, road game at Kansas, road game at Oklahoma. That's a tough stretch. How about that four-game stretch? At K-State, home for Baylor, at Kansas, at Oklahoma. Yeah, the the price of poker, isn't that what you said, has mm-hmm. went up uh, exponentially. Like you, you went from dropping five bucks down with your buddies to uh, having fifty k on the line, and you've only got twenty k in your bank account. All right, so last year UCF goes nine and five. They lose to Tulane in the conference championship game, and they lose to Duke in the Military Bowl. So they were nine and three at the end of the regular season in the American. 
Their losses were to Louisville at home on a Friday night, on the road against East Carolina. Got popped pretty good in that one. And then they lost to Navy 17-14, and that's a game they should not have lost. That was not a very good Navy team. That was not. It feels like we're either going to see UCF come into this, this new league and play well and maybe win eight or nine games. When we look at their schedule, my first thought was they could win eight. Or it's going to be UCF is going to get completely exposed as they were never a Power 5 team at any time, and they're going to go like three and nine. I feel like there's no middle ground for them. Hmm. Yeah, it could be one of those transition years. I think UCF down the road will hold up just fine in the Big 12. The the transition, though, might not go smoothly. Of, of the three teams going from the American to the Big 12, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, who has the best first season in the Big 12? And BYU. Oh, and yeah, but BYU wasn't in the American. I'll let, you think, I'll let you think on that, and we'll talk about it on I the other. Okay, okay. You, hey, good tease. That boy, hey, Dad. Way to do the radio game. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Thought on UCF, kind of looking at uh, at their roster from what they had a year ago to uh, what they've got this season. I mentioned a second ago that uh, they lose Isaiah Bowser, who was a, a good running back for them. But R.J. Harvey returns. He was banged up at the beginning of the year. He's a good running back. Johnny Richardson is a lightning in a bottle type running back. Uh, in the passing game, I mean, it's John Rice Plumley. Mikey Keene transferred out. It's the John Rice Plumley show at quarterback. They lose their leading receiver from a year ago in Ryan O'Keefe. They get Javon Baker back. They get Kobe Hudson back. They get the tight end Alec Holler back, who had 22 catches a season ago. Johnny Richardson factored into the passing game as well. They got to find a couple of more pieces at, at wide receiver, but they're, they're, there's a good core on the offensive side for them. To me, defense is going to be the question, though, when you look at uh, that UCF team. UCF was team number 74 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. The Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, presented by Superior Catfish, is off and running. It's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of Thunder and Lightning. Trek around the state to catfish houses to talk food and, of course, Bulldog Sports. You can catch the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and watch the episodes on Super Talk Mississippi's YouTube channel. For generations, Superior Catfish has cultivated fresh, delicious catfish, and they perfected a process to ensure you receive the finest product available. Remember, always ask for Superior Catfish at your favorite grocer and restaurant. Sports Talk Mississippi at the Pearl River Resort Studio. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. We talked to Mississippi State recruiting earlier in the show today. 
Haydad alluded to the fact that there might be one more recruit coming. He reluctantly gave that name. Turned out, he was right. Stanka Burnside has committed publicly to Mississippi State. And see, you didn't even ruin it for him. Yeah. What a day for Mississippi State. They currently have more four-stars committed than they signed a season ago. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty pretty good stat. They were, they've were they gone from 38th. They started the day 38th in the uh, 24-7 team rankings. They're now up to 19th. Pretty good day for that's Mississippi nice State. Jump. Picking up three, four-star. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a quality jump. You know, looking at their targets for the rest of the year, I mean, they could end up, you know, best case scenario with seven, eight, four star kids. That would be a huge haul for Mississippi State. Yeah. What's the average? Probably four or five, three or four. You know, a good year year would be is six for State. That would be a really good year. But yeah, five is usually where they, they land. Like I said, a year ago, only had four. And the odds are when it all settles and. Teams like Alabama that don't have a ton of commitments right now and aren't currently in the top ten, when it all settles, Mississippi State is going to be probably right there around, what, somewhere in that 17 to 23 range in terms of yeah, recruiting okay. rankings after after all the dust yeah. settles and we get to National Signing Day in December. And it helps this year. You know, this is a really good year in the state of Mississippi. I think you've got uh, four, I think there, yeah, 14 four-star players in the state this year. So if state gets their share of them and then supplements that with a couple of out of state kids, which they've they've got, you know, one already in the quarterback uh, Josh Flowers, could be a really good year for state. And then Ole Miss is kind of comparable in that in state deal so far. I don't have Ole Miss's recruiting list up, but I mean that's kind of how it works, it. right? I mean when you've got high end talent in the state of Mississippi with, you know, a dozen or so four and five stars. It usually ends up distributed, you know, Mississippi State gets four or five of them. Ole Miss usually gets three or four, maybe five of them if it's a really good year. And then you have a few that, that go out of state as well, which is what we saw yesterday, I guess, with the defensive lineman from the coast uh from Picayune committing to Florida. So yeah. just kind of how it works. Love your- of your top ten in the state right now, two are committed to Ole Miss, three are committed to Mississippi State, uh, one is committed to Arkansas, two is com- two are committed to Florida, and then you have two that are uncommitted, including the top player in the state, Camarion Franklin, who Borky and I were talking about. Ole Miss is making a big push for uh, currently, and, and and could possibly see him at, added to their class uh, by the end of the week. Who is it that's committed to Arkansas? Uh, Noreel White, an athlete out of St. Martin's High School down in Ocean Springs. Yeah. And, of course, you had the... Uh, There's a chance the tri- that doesn't stick also. I would I would think so. And that, that I think that'll probably end up being a state Ole Miss battle. Yeah. And you had the, the tragic news uh, with the, the young man uh, a week or so ago who is from Mississippi but goes to high school in the... or went to high school in the Memphis area... Uh, who was killed in an ATV accident that was committed to Arkansas uh, as well. So uh, he, he was not that he factors into this, you know, top ten players in the state conversation or anything, but uh, uh, certain tragedy on uh, on that front. If you are looking for a new Ford truck, Belk Ford is the place to go. I drove by today, and uh, I drive by every day on the way to the studio. It's right next to uh, where our studio is. Uh, Belk Ford is located on Highway 6 West in Oxford, 
And they've got a really good selection of F-150s. Also saw a couple of expeditions sitting on the lot today, and those have been hard to find and hard to come by. But the inventory is starting to grow once again, and uh, you got some great options for new 2023 Ford F-150 Super Duties and Expeditions that are on the lot at Belk Ford. doesn't really matter where you live in Mississippi or the Mid-South. If you're looking for a new Ford vehicle, give Belk Ford a call, or better yet, stop by and see them in person. It's worth the trip. Maybe you're coming in to Oxford for uh, for an Ole Miss event. Maybe you're coming in for orientation and you're in the market for a, uh, a new Ford. Stop by while you're in town and check out the deals that they've got available. It's a great um, sales team that they've got at Belk Ford. Uh, good people who aren't going to pressure you, right? They're they're going to they're going to check in with you and make sure they know what you're looking for. They're going to offer to help you, but they're going to let you look. They're going to let you decide, and they're going to treat you like family. That's how they've treated me for a really long time at Belk Ford. They're going to treat you the exact same way. So if you want to get behind the wheel of a 2023 F-150, a Super Duty, an Expedition, or one of the used vehicles that you've got on the lot, stop by and see them at Belk Ford on Highway 6 West in Oxford and uh, tell them that we sent you. The uh, guys at Sports Talk Mississippi sent you by and um, check out what they've got. You uh, you might just end up like me and find yourself behind the wheel of a Ford F-150 from Belk Ford. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Tuesday afternoon. A lot going on. Fun baseball game tonight with uh, Tennessee and LSU. Hey, Dad, I know you have not been locked in at all to the College World Series. If there's a game that was going to draw you in, it's got to be this one. Tennessee, LSU in an elimination game. That, that's it, isn't it? Come on. Yes, but for you know, for the uh, for the reasons of I I I don't know that I've ever seen a a twenty one inning game where both teams were declared losers at the end of it. But I would like to see that. Okay. Twenty one innings. Not, that would get us through supper time and to bedtime, and might even make us stay up a little later than planned. I'll just take your word for it. I'd be in bed and just wake up the next day and read about it. So, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let's say that Tennessee and LSU are tied at seven, and mm-hmm. you tune in in the eleventh inning. Like, like, okay, six apiece. That's fine. You 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 want to go and six runs? You want to go that number? Six errors. Yes, I I hear what you're doing there. Those, Let's just say those though, that two you, schools. You tune in in the eleventh inning, and this yeah. is like high drama baseball, and. Yeah. It, you, you stick with it till the to the thirteenth inning, and it's gone from six six to nine nine. And you've you've seen some big defensive plays. You've seen a home run or two. You've seen momentum swings. They're just trading punches. You mean to tell me yeah. that at that point in the thirteenth inning, you could be like, "All right, I'm going to sleep," and just walk yeah. away from that game? Yeah, I'm tired. Sure. How are you a sports fan? I have- I have no emotional investment in that game, other than you know I but, despise both teams. But that's a game teams. that draws you in. Eh. eh. Do you know I what know. you do for a living? Yeah, but I'm just saying. I just I don't I don't have the emotional investment that 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 you guys. Have. I just you know, like I said, I want both teams to lose, and since that's not possible, you know, I I don't like to see their fans happy. Do you realize that Tommy White, the transfer from NC State, has 98 mm-hmm. RBIs this year? Yeah, he's a good player. 
He's a double in the gap with runners on first and second from a 100 RBI season for LSU. Money well spent. M- money that is well 100% spent. accurate. And that, that would bother some people down there, but money well spent. Yeah. And at the same time, though, if they hadn't gotten him, they might be the exact same team. Skeens was the reason that, that they're sitting where they are right now. Did you just hear Somebody me tell you that he drove runs. in 98 runs this season? So, it's LSU. They'd have found a bat. Dwayne says, but hey, Dad, you sleep till 9 a.m. Why wouldn't you stay up a little later? <laughs> Donald in Oxford. Hey, Dad, trying to get a pink slip from Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> do, we, do we live in Baton Rouge or Knoxville? I'm allowed to not care about this game. I hear you. I hear you. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. A story to remind you that being a jerk doesn't always pay, and sometimes it costs you. A disgruntled Georgia auto repair shop owner who retaliated against a former employee by paying him nearly $1,000 in dirty, oily pennies now owes more money to the man and his co-workers. Miles Walker and his company, AOK Luxury Auto Works in Peachtree City, were recently ordered to pay Andreas Flatten and more than half a dozen co-workers nearly $40,000 for back wages and liquidated damages. So this made it to the U.S. Department of Labor after uh, this guy, Miles Walker, refused to pay an employee his final paycheck when he left the uh, the business. He owed him $915, and he paid him that $915 after the complaint in 91,500 oil-covered pennies with a pay stub marked with an expletive to the worker's home. And so when the Department of Labor investigated more, they found out, and by the way, this wouldn't have happened if he had just written the guy a check, and no complaint had been filed, they found out that not only did he owe him, but the, he had not been playing, paying overtime, which is required by the Fair Labor Standards Act, and a judge ordered Walker and his business to pay $39,934 to Flatten and the other eight employees. $19,967 in back wages and $19,697 in liquidated damages. So being a jerk cost him about $38,000. They'd just written a check to the guy. He could have gone on about his business. But instead, being a jerk cost him more. And think about all the jello shots he could have bought with that. All the jello shots. Yeah, a friend <laughs> of mine made the joke yesterday, and I'm just going to copy it and steal it. Um, the reason LSU lost last night was because they didn't have enough jello shots. Should have had more. 
Although, that's my favorite, like, fan social media message board thing. Because uh, it was message board geniuses. Again, shout out that guy. Always get a kick out of his account. Where LSU fans on the message boards were saying that they need to focus stuff. more on baseball and winning baseball games than the Jello Shot yeah. Challenge. Because for some reason, there there are... There's a number greater than zero people that think that what fans do like pregame or what they talk about or what we talk about impacts the outcome of the game. There are really people that think that because of the Jello Shot Challenge and the efforts, LSU lost a baseball game. And by the way, LSU has mailed it in on the Jello Shot Challenge at this point. They went over 21,000 and accelerated big. They've only done about 2,000 Jello Shots today. A little less than that, actually. So they don't care anymore. Well, they got the record. CEO of a fast food chain isn't there to drop 30 grand on them. I guess the numbers don't move up as fast. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Go to the events page and see about all the things that are happening throughout the course of the summer. Uh, in Oxford, Mississippi, and uh, if you make the trip in, don't forget to uh, shop local and dine local. Enjoy all that Oxford has to offer. You can find out everything that's going on at visitoxfordms.com. That's visitoxfordms.com. had a friend text me this message. If LSU doesn't win the College World Series, in light of what they spent on this roster, is this season a failure? Yes. If they don't carry the trophy yes. home from Omaha. It's no different than if you were a you know a Yankees fan, and they dropped you know let's so say they picked up Otani and Trout and a couple of pitchers, and didn't win the World Series. Yes. Okay. And, and part the, of that's true for everybody. Part of that's true for everybody. You play to win. You play to win a championship. The season was a failure for Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and it's a failure for Arkansas, and it's a failure. So LSU's not alone in that. But they do get a little special asterisk for all that they they spent and didn't it didn't work out. I mean, the most expensive roster in college baseball history by far doesn't hang a banner of any kind. They didn't win the regular season. They didn't win the SEC tournament, and they're a loss away from going home. But I guess College World Series people put. They, yeah, I would say they did get to the College World Series for the first time in six years. Certainly, a step in the right direction. They will not have Paul Skeens in the rotation next year in Baton Rouge. They will. They won't. Not they will. They won't have Paul Skeens in they the won't. rotation next year. Um, they will not. And look, I mean, the, the the fatal flaw of LSU's roster continues to be the issue. As long as they went 2-0, and they were in really good shape to have a chance to win it all. But because of some injuries to their pitching staff, they have been thin on the mound all season long. That's why they didn't sweep anybody for the first six weeks of the regular season in, in conference play. They didn't have the arms that could kind of propel you through the entire weekend despite that offense that was so very good. And here they are again tonight in... An elimination game in Omaha, pitching a guy who is making his very first start of the season against an established starter on the mound for Tennessee. That game starts in just a couple of minutes. Enjoy it. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good night.
Owning a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.